Welcome to Houndsy, the Steel Army podcast. I am Dan Yost, and we've actually got some Hounds news to talk about. It's been a while, but uh, they're probably coming through with you know four weeks or five weeks to go until the season starts. And to talk about that sweet, sweet Hounds news, I got two friends here in the in the Houndsy Lounge. First, it's Ariana. What's good? Hi, happy to be back. Good. I'm glad you're happy you're back. Um, <laughs> it's, it's been a minute, but we, you know we've been getting in the, in the the off season. Um, I don't know the lull of the off season. So, we're, do you think you're gonna be able to, to snap out of this the off season funk and be ready for uh, for the 11th, March 11th? Yeah, I uh, I went to the first preseason open preseason game last weekend. Plan on going to the one this weekend. Um, which is a nice reintroduction. We get to sit in different seats, which is cool. We're right, you know, the group of us that go sit right behind the bench. So getting to hear a lot of what we miss from bench conversations in our normal section. So I'm excited. Was was Bob being very, um, very Bob-like on Saturday? Yes. Yes. Um, got to hear exactly what um, the players tend to hear. A lot of, uh, I don't want to say it's 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 definitely coach talk, but it's also more of like definitely a mentor talk. Um, got to hear the the infamous "I'm disappointed in you" talk, which felt really weird to overhear, but uh, a lot of good uh, good interactions with the trialists, including one that has been signed and Bob. It's the bond. It's the bonding of the preseason that that makes it all worthwhile. Absolutely. Yeah. Also, join us here tonight. It's uh, Stevie Storino. Uh, Storino, you got some NASCAR on right now. You put it on mute so you could talk some hounds. Uh, you think you can do both things at once? I certainly try. Um, yeah, I'm in my glory right now. NASCAR's finally back. Um, laying in bed. Lights are out. As soon as I hang up with you guys, I'll probably be crashing. But uh, yeah, life's pretty good. I had a bowl of cereal before coming to bed, which uh, begs a question to you guys. Cereal, is that something that you eat first thing in the morning, or is that like a nighttime treat? For me, I always eat it at night. It's always like that dessert type thing. I'm never a cereal in the morning type guy. Ooh, okay, so it's for me, it's definitely a morning thing, but it's been a long, long time since I've had a bowl of cereal. Um what do you think the last bowl of cereal you had was? What kind? I, I think, I mean, when I say a long, long time, I'll say I think there was maybe a bowl in the last year. And I believe it was kind of like the Hotel Continental Continental Breakfast type of deal. Or it, it, right, just, right. it was like one of the safer things to get, so I went with that. But in terms of me opening up like a full-size box of cereal, pouring it into a, a washable bowl and getting out... Uh, you know the gallon or half gallon of milk it's it's been a long long time which is a shame because there's some damn good cereals out there i just i never think to go get it are you the sugary type you going for like fruity pebbles or are you just going for like some cheerios so i go both ways if i'm going like straight like sugar kitty rush uh i want i want me some cap and crunch or i want some lucky charms but then Hmm. on the the more adult end a damn good bowl of Crispix is hard to be, hard to beat. All right, good answers. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm the opposite. I I well one, I'm lactose intolerant, so I can't really have cereal with traditional milk. So it, it does kind of depend on if I have a, a milk alternative to be able to eat cereal with. And I'll usually buy those I don't really know what to call them, but they're like eight packs in the store and they come in a box and it's each like eight different cereals and it's just a little bag of each. And I usually buy a couple of those and that way I have a mix, but I don't have to commit to a whole box. I'm so bad at actually finishing a box of cereal. I will get like halfway through and then I just get sick of the flavor and I'm like, I need a new cereal or I move on to a different breakfast food. And then I don't finish it and half of the box goes in the garbage. So to to try to stop that, I have been buying these um, like mini bags of cereals, which has been really nice. Um, and it depends on the milk. Um, I'm a big fan of uh, Lucky Charms and almond milk. Um, I think that combination is top tier. But if I have a traditional milk, I'm thinking Cocoa, Pep, uh, Cocoa Puffs got to get that chocolate milk in there um and i'm not sure if uh the mini elites are they adult or are they children because i feel like they're an adult cereal but frosted or unfrosted frosted yeah uh, that's that's top tier right there um yeah. uh, that's good stuff i don't yeah. know where that falls on the adult or kid scale but yeah that's good stuff yeah i think that's why your transition cereals from from a kid cereal into the adult cereal mm -hmm. Yeah, that's one of the ones Grandma has at her house, and you're like, "All right, this is acceptable." <laughs> or uh, Honey Nut Cheerios, like just sugary enough. But it, but se it seems also... like refined and sophisticated. Yeah, it's, it's 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 good for your heart. Yeah, it's not it's not marshmallow shapes in a bowl. Yes. Yes, it's so it still yeah. has some taste to it, but it's it's dignified. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not a big, uh, I, I don't eat breakfast. Um, I, so normally my cereals come around lunchtime, usually for a snack at work or at home. Um, and I'll eat it dry or with milk. I'm not really picky on my, my consumption of, of cereal. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, interesting. All right. That's good cereal talk. I liked it. Yeah. Is it a soup? Yes. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, it, so it's like a... It's a cold soup, obviously. Alright. Um, yeah. I feel like this... It's one of those things that people have asked. This is in the, the same vein as the, as the hot dog sandwich. Mm. So I should have had this... I should have known this question was coming. And I should have had the answer ready. Off the top of my head, I, I guess it qualifies as a, as a soup, as a cold soup. I think I would qualify it as a soup. I think it's in the the cube roll of uh, starches, which is the basis of is the is a hot dog uh, sandwich. Um, it's it it the answer depends all on where the food, where the starch, the carb sits. Um. But I don't know where is it. A soup or salad tends to be the the odd one out. But I, in my opinion, it's a soup. I agree. Quick uh, soup story. Uh, 
for my brother-in-law's bachelor party, which was like at this point now, nine months ago, uh, his brother put me and about 13 other dudes into a group text to plan out the uh, bachelor party. I wasn't able to make it, but I still kind of just communicated with the guys and whatnot. Um, so fast forward till after the bachelor party, that group text kind of was stagnant for about, I don't know, maybe a month or so. Then all of a sudden, all it became was just 13 dudes talking about soup. And it's pretty <laughs> active. And we send pictures to each other every time we have a bowl of soup, just to rate the soup. Uh, I would say there's at least three pictures of soup a week in that group text. And I only know three of the phone numbers. There's 10 guys in that group text. I have no idea who they are. Yeah, I've probably that's, seen that's, them. I've probably met them. That's good, I don't have solid male bonding, though. Just, just That's great. I don't need to know your name. I don't need to. <laughs> we can just talk about soup. And share pictures. The best of part soup. is, is my brother-in-law is not even in the group text. So it's me, his brother, and two dudes that I know just because they're mutual friends of ours, and I don't know the rest of the guys. And he's not in it. He misses all the soup talk. I mean, not to belabor soup much longer, but is there a clear-cut, like, favorite soup type of soup in, in that group text? Uh, most of us are Italian, so most of it is, uh, you know, wedding soup. Mm-hmm. Pasta Vazul, any of those. Chicken nice. and Alki. Yeah. Oh. That's solid. That's yeah, it's damn mm-hmm. good. Okay, well, uh there's no way to really uh transition from uh cereal and soup talk into the hounds, but uh we're just gonna make a, a clean cut and go into it. Since the last time we recorded an episode of Houndsy, the the hounds have signed three not one, not two, but three new players. And I find this very, very exciting because uh, I can't speak for you two, but I was get the the attempting the attempt of being a, a like calm headed, uh, relaxed and unworried hounds off season fan was starting to fade quickly uh, in the middle of last week. But we've gotten three signings, so I'm feeling a little more um, Calm of things, and we'll go in the order that they were announced. Uh, first, we have a Christian Garner. Uh, I'm assuming he's not related to the president of the organization, but no one's answered that question yet. So there might be some nepotism going on. We'll have to investigate a little bit further. But yeah, Christian Garner. Uh, he's going to be a rookie out of Boston College. Again, uh, outside of that, you're just getting kind of the the blanket good statements from 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 Bob. Um, Steve, I think if we've learned anything in the the Lily years, and we've learned many things, but of amongst them is that uh, there is no guarantees on who will be the starting goalkeeper for the Hounds. Not today, not tomorrow, not not a month from now. Uh, so there's really no way of knowing, but. Can you imagine a scenario where Jamali Wade is knocked off as as a starter for this team? Uh, wouldn't surprise me. I, I think he initially gets a nod for at least the first, we'll say, five games. Well, something crazy happens, but uh, wouldn't surprise me if Bob starts experimenting and putting in, you know, fresh meat by game six or so. Ariana, uh, you saw what little bit of the the Christian Garner uh, bio is out there. I don't know if maybe you got to see him play on. On Saturday, uh, what are your initial thoughts 
now that the Hounds have a, he, a second keeper. He didn't play on Saturday, which kind of surprised me. Um, Jamali started on Saturday, played 61 minutes, um, along with most of the other, a handful of the other starter or the signed players that we know ha- that we have um, started and played about 61 minutes. Um, the goalkeeper he was subbed out for i am was not able to get a name or any information on him but i do know it wasn't christian gardner um i do know he had to go uh ball uh soccer ball fetching um on the track oh, that's right they posted time. that photo of him having to having to do jesse's job yeah yeah so he um they joked in order for him to keep his job um he had to go fetch the balls that were were hit over the fence onto the train tracks that run next to Highmark. Um, so I didn't necessarily get to see him play um, or anything. I don't remember seeing him warm up, but don't know if I was specifically looking. Um, it didn't look like he was dressed in the picture that they posted. Um, so I don't think he was planning on being subbed in at any point. Um, so I'm not really sure about him. He's coming... Uh, pretty good uh, schedule uh, in college for him. He started the the majority of his final three seasons um, and played pretty decently. Um, So I'm excited to see how he plays. Um, To answer your question about if he's going to start versus Jamali, I'm keen to agree with uh, Storino on this one where Jamali will definitely get the, the nod for the beginning, but it scares me that Jamali played in the last home, the last preseason game, but we didn't see any of Christian playing. We don't see it. Uh, so, well, I guess my question to you on from this past weekend, Jamali played the first half, so there was someone different the second half or they get multiple other other guys in? Yeah, so they started the first half with, um, I have a list here, Ardonia started, uh, Marky started, Jamali, Robbie, Joe Farrell, Danny, and Kizza. They subbed out, and then a a handful of trialists. They then subbed out Joe at halftime and... Ordonia's at halftime and then subbed in Biasi at halftime. And then the rest of the starters or the signed players were pulled at the 61st minute and then filled in with trialists. So by the end. Trialist City at that point. Yep, it was all trialists except for Luke Biasi. He's the only one who finished out the second half on the field. Um, what, uh, what position was he playing? I just. Luke, yeah, uh, defender. I want. He was closest to the bench. So uh, so on the right, right side, back. Yeah. Okay, we'll get to that when we discuss the roster because that to me the the right back situation is kind of the glaring, uh, at least to me the glaring issue. But uh, after that, uh, the weekend came and Monday rolled around and. Let's see. Monday and Tuesday, it was all quiet on the Hounds front. Wednesday, yesterday, uh, out of nowhere, there was no like hype for this. That was a, the the funny thing <laughs> to me was they they hyped up 
uh, Garner's signing with like the 24-hour notice, and then today and yesterday there was just the out of the out of the blue, no uh, no hype. Uh, here's a here's a signing. So yesterday that was Pat Hogan. He's going to be the one the one guy with professional minutes under his belt of the the three guys we're going to talk about here. He was with Charleston the past two years. Uh, his his have kind of advanced numbers look good not not great uh i think that the thing that stuck out to me when i was looking at his his stat sheet and i don't have any context to this yet if there was injury or just coach's decision or or whatever because the barrier have not been great the past few years but uh, a bulk of his minutes came in 2021 as a rookie he had 1700 ish minutes that year and then he only had about 750 this this past season so a big drop off in the minutes played last year. With that said, the stats say that he was probably, if not the best defender on the battery, he was he was definitely a uh, he wasn't the liability statistically speaking. He wasn't the liability uh, that a lot of the other guys were. And that that was also with uh, a Preston Killwine playing former Hound Killwine playing with with the battery last year. Um, Ariana. Uh, I, I'm on, not sure were you able to. You didn't know this guy existed as a as a soon to be signed Hounds player last week, but did you see uh, Mr. Hogan play last weekend? And what are your thoughts on the signing? Um, I'm pretty sure he played. Um, I didn't hear his name. We were able to hear a handful of names were shouted by either Bob or some of the other players that we could hear from where we were sitting. Um, his name was not one that I think came up, but it did come up in our discussion. Um, someone had mentioned that he looks like someone else. Um, you can say it. I have to remember who it was. <laughs> I have to pull it up. We said a wish brand. Joe Greenspan. Uh, that's it. Joe Greenspan. Um, I so I, we did see him. He's also been featured... I think, um, in our detective work, uh, when they played the Columbus crew for the first week of preseason where it was closed, Columbus posted a handful of pictures, and I think he features um, in one, maybe. Um, but I do know that we spotted him uh, practicing out there with them. I didn't see anything particularly loud coming from him play-wise during the the entirety of the preseason game that I saw, but from the people that the, he's a defender, so there were quite a few defenders already in, um, you know, vying for a spot. So it doesn't surprise me that I didn't that we didn't necessarily pick up anything from him. Um, I do know that he wouldn't have played in the right back um, side, or probably in the. I mean, the left back, if he's anything, and he did play in the first half, he played in the center, but... Yeah, it looks, it looks like really he's, he, he's, it. he should position as a center back, it looks like. Um, I have... It's hard because they wear different numbers, and they don't wear numbers on their shorts. The, the number situation is very confusing for preseason. That's something that threw me completely off. Um, some of our players have switched their numbers from last year, um, but they do a sizing um, thing. If you're a small, you have a smaller number. 
if you're a large, extra large, or anything bigger than that, jersey-wise, you wear a larger number as your top. Um, but then the players who have been signed have numbers on their shorts, their true numbers, except for the trialists. So it's hard to keep them straight, um, especially when we're not really sure who's who. Um, but he he wasn't getting screamed at in a bad way, and we don't didn't hear his name, I don't think, shouted. So um, I don't think he played all that much. Um, I It's my particular opinion that he might have secured his spot when he played uh, in the crew, with the crew. So he might not have played. Same with uh, Christian Garner. Might not have played. Storino, uh, three center backs signed by the Hounds so far. You got uh, Arturo Odonez, who is listed at six foot three. Joe Farrell, who just transferred in from Phoenix, listed at six two. In new signing Patrick Hogan at six foot four. Uh, we got some size in the middle of the back line. Uh, assuming these are your starters. Yeah, it's exciting. Um, just a quick tangent on the Joe Greenspan show we just had. <laughs> if uh, Joe, you're listening, I'm sure you are. Uh, shout out to him. He was in a, he was in Milan for the uh, AC Milan Spurs game the other day. I saw it on his Instagram. Sent him a quick little message just saying I was jealous of you know him being there, and he wrote back to me. So cool, dude. I probably once a year just kind of DM him to say what's up. So miss him. Wish he was still here. But hopefully these guys are more than just the wish version of Joe. Hopefully they can step up and actually fill his shoes. So it's definitely been something that's uh, this team's been missing. And that's what I'm kind of excited about. If you got three guys with that size, and your center, your they're the your your three center backs. Which again, I'm I'm assuming Bob will play at some point, or maybe in a majority of time. But with Bob, can you really ever be too sure? But if you got three guys with that size, um, maybe every corner can be a goal. If, if those are your your target men off of off corners and and deep set pieces, because um, that's. That's some. That's a nice advantage to have. There's. I can't think of the last time we'd have three center backs all quite that that height. Yeah, it's definitely a tall back line because even if you look at our other defenders, I think the shortest one that comes out there is Nate at five eleven. Dos Santos. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what I'm seeing. So we have a ginormous back line. I like it. Height-wise, yeah. And then today we had our, our third uh, signing in the last week or so. Uh, this guy, another freshman. And I got to say, when you, they made the announcement and you see uh, the graphic, this might be one of the the great all-time uh, Hounds player names. <laughs> Langston Blackstock is a fucking hound. And what an amazing, amazing name. Uh, again, as we just mentioned, he is going to be a freshman. Bob going into the D2 ranks to find, find some future hounds. Uh, played mostly at Clayton State University down in Georgia. Uh, he was uh, first team all conference honors this past year. Uh, with the, I think it was 15 goals. It said he he signed this, he scored this last season, 
in the picture that the hounds used for his uh, his signing photo, that is a man that looks like could do some damage. He's a stud. Like, uh-huh. I don't know Mr. Blackstock. Uh, I kind of want to be Mr. Blackstock because <laughs> shit. That's a man. His name seems like one of those things that comes up with, you know, what would be your alias random name generator thing. Like the town you grew up in, the sh- color of your shirt. And, yes. You know, what do you yeah. do in your free time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So another, another big body, six foot two. Um, I mean, just on the, the photo, he, not, not a lot of, uh, a body fat on that frame. And, uh, Bob now has an extra option uh, to use in his uh, in the attack. Now I thought the quote was was unique from Bob because they always have like the little one or two lines mm-hmm. that Bob will say to praise each new signing. And he goes, "Langston is an interesting young attacking player." I've never heard Bob in like glowing praise just off the bat. We're going to refer this man as interesting. That's a new one. I'm not mm-hmm. sure how to take it. Ariana, how would you interpret that that use of the f- word interesting? Well, I'm inclined to agree. Um, I'm reading back in our um, our live posting in our Discord of the first game that happened, and Langston is a name that popped up. It's one of when I was heard the signing um, earlier today, I figured that it was might be the same Langston. I doubt that we have two um Could you imagine if we had two Langstons? No team has ever <laughs> yeah. had two Langstons. Um he is the one that got the uh I'm disappointed in you talk from coach um on the field, which was quite an interesting turn of events, um, to to use Bob's Bob's phrase. He really does listen to Bob um, was really respectful of, of Bob's critiques and his disappointment and seemed like he'll definitely, he knows how to handle Bob on the field. Um, and I think that might be the interesting that he's um, hinting at. Um, I know that players and coaches sometimes don't get along and you know every coach has a different style and Bob's style is very unique. So I think that Langston's ability to take Bob's I'm disappointed in you talk um, and continue playing a a well-fought game, I definitely think that that's what Bob sees in him and that's what the interesting is is keying at. Now, when he was on the field, was was he paired with another attacking player or was he up there by himself? Could you tell? I... I think he was he was definitely up there with somebody else that um kept uh getting in not getting in his way but bob was trying to get them to work together as a forward crew a, a pairing um he kept telling him to pay attention to his surroundings um and he, it seemed like he played a more wider forward position than a center forward position. Um, but he was definitely paired with someone. I don't have in our in our discussion um, who that might have been. But 
he definitely looked like he was with someone, and I can't can't figure out who. Steve, what what is what's a Langston do for your 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 thoughts on this on this club on this team on this this vintage of the Hounds? I think you guys covered all the bases. I, I mean, the dude's got an awesome name. I mean, that's just I don't really know what else you say about it. We um, may actually have to it, like in some slow week or the next off season. We have to might have to do like an all Hounds name best eleven. <laughs> that would be fun. Yeah. Do you have another one that comes to mind that's up there in ranking? I mean, like we. Have, I mean, I always love a Sterling Flunder. <laughs> um, that's a good name. Yeah. Uh, probably was a lot of them were guys that didn't see a, a ton of minutes. Um, but no, it'd be something worth the worth the research. Find find your all all hounds name best 11 or even put a bench out out there but that's a future homework assignment uh so yes with these signings the hounds are up to i believe 13 players under contract steve looking at the roster now what uh, what stands out to you as a as a area of strength what what needs to be developed further and and can you make sense of bob's plan through these signings Fourteen. It's a fourteen now. Breakdown. Yeah, three forwards, four midfielders, five defensemen, and two goalkeepers. Thank you, stats information department. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, for me to try to claim to understand Bob um, would actually <laughs> probably be concerning. I'm not going to say that I understand any of Bob's method. I just trust it. Um, but I mean, looking at the whole roster, it's definitely becoming a lot clearer that. Uh, you know, Bob definitely has an eye for finding the diamond in the rough when it comes to, you know, the lower, you know, even, you know, going down to uh, D2 in college and that kind of stuff and finding, you know, the one star on a team. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the team's definitely coming together. I listened to uh, Mongols the other day. USL Tactics was on there, and, uh, you know, part of what he was discussing was um, – you know, the Hounds, in his eyes, you know, this was pre those two signings we just got in the last two days. Um, sounded like he, he was thinking they may not make the playoffs. And if they do, they're going to make it in in the, you know, last spot to get into the playoffs and just sneak in. I, I don't really think Bob has ever been that kind of guy. I don't, I don't think Bob will let that kind of thing happen. Um, I think the way he puts the team together, I, I, don't have any doubt we're, we're ever not going to be like a top five team in our uh, conference. This, I mean, this is this is we kind of made that joke on the Twitter's a week or two ago. This is going to be the year that Bob Lee is going to have to Bob Lee the hell out of this year out of this team because, as they said on that that Mongols interview, I mean the rest of the East has just gotten so much better. Indy's better, Charleston's better. Somehow Louisville and Tampa look like they're both going to be uh, deeper and stronger. Uh, I'm not so sold on the, on the Memphis being better because all the best players went with the head coach down to Charleston. Uh, but I, yeah, I think it's just top of the bomb. Just a, such a strong conference this year that not saying that they won't make the playoffs, but it's 
I was getting concerned just with the lack of movement from the hounds and just how much movement everyone else was doing and a little more confident now that we're seeing um, seeing some signings. But Ariana, outside of, of Joe Farrell, the transfer uh, coming in from Phoenix, Bob's going young. He, he said he was going to go younger, and he, he stuck to his word. Do you see this being, from here on out, just a bunch of guys with two or fewer years of experience uh, in professional soccer? Or, or do you think there's that that surprise veteran guy that, that could show up uh, as we get closer to kickoff? I think that Bob likes having a younger team. Um, I think they're easier to mold that way. I think they're easier to to build up. When you have older players, you have um, you know their season, their experience. They're used to being in in a specific way, working with a way, and that might clash with what you you know are trying to build for your team but when you have younger players you have a lot of players that are just eager to make a name for themselves eager to put themselves out there get the minutes get the scoring abilities you know get the good stats up on the board so i feel like bob likes how you know ultimately how aggressive younger players can be when it comes to maybe building themselves up which will then help build their team up um and then building a cohesive unit. Um, I think our seasoned players are, as of right now, they're sitting at three different um, positions. We have Joe Farrell at 28, sitting at a defender. Uh, King Kenny's 34, sitting at a midfielder. And um, I do, I thought I saw, I mean, our forwards are pretty young. We have Dequa, I think, is the eldest forward at 25. Um, but you're still you have at least one professional seasoned guy on each position of the field that I think can act as these anchors for the younger kids around. It's something that I've, I've talked about last season a lot and how we never never really had a, an anchor in the in the backfield. And when Joe was signed, I think he's bringing that experience to be not only with Bob, but experience playing um, in other teams and, and throughout the league, that he's going to be able to have give that nice seasoned uh, experience in that in that backfield. Um, and Kenny has always been, you know, a great person, a great. Um, I called him on Saturday the assistant coach, um, which Poor I think is Kenny. exactly <laughs> assistant i think i said assistant coach kenny sitting on the on the bench snacking i mean there's been there's um, been some photos of, of him holding a clipboard so yeah is this the transition year of, of kenny going from from player to player coach in the coach is this are we seeing that transition this this year i think Next season if, jersey oh, go ahead yeah i well i think that if it's gonna happen and this is he has shown a good transition um from a player to to a clipboard manager so i wouldn't be surprised um if he if he shifted i don't think he wants to leave i think that he'll definitely finish his career as a hound so yeah i mean he's the eldest by six years by some team. margin yes yeah i can't believe that deke was only 25 that blows my mind yeah <laughs> 
Yeah. I don't know that I realized that either. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I knew he wasn't, he wasn't 30 or anything like that, but I, I would have given him a couple more, a couple more years over 25. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. <sighs> uh, I'll give my answer to this first so I can give you, you two time to think about it. What do you think the area of greatest concern is for this team right now? And I will say my, my concern lies with the uh, defensive backs, left back, right back. Left back, you're assuming it's uh, Nathan Dos Santos's job. Problem is we have not seen him coming out of this injury yet, really. Um, so until you see that in full game speed, the intensity of, of a meaningful comp, you know, meaningful game, that's just going to be a question in the back of my mind. And then right back, I don't believe that the starting right back for the Hounds is currently on this roster. And if it is, I think that's going to be a problem. It's just I don't think that person exists on this team right now. And if it's someone who has to deputize as the right back until – until they find that fit, it's 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 going to be a, a weakness for this team and on that back line. Uh, Steve, what area do you think needs addressed most? Um, I think we just need to see somebody. I don't know that there's a specific position um, per se. I think we need to see um, somebody step up into the role of kind of the second-in-command guy, similar to like Danny Griffin played last year. Um, you know, at, at least from my perspective, I would say, obviously, Kenny's clearly, you know, the most vocal and the captain out there and whatnot. But I would say, you know, next in line probably was Danny Griffin, um, at least commanding the field and whatnot. So I think, you know, whoever's going to step up and be that guy is really who needs to be found and probably found out sooner versus later, given this is a young team. They're definitely going to need somebody to be that glue to keep hold them all together, whether that be Robbie Mertz, Danny Rivera, Dos Santos, if he does come back quickly from an injury, or even Joe Farrell. Um, I would like to see that guy step up into a bigger role in the team, given he is kind of a veteran. Um, but I would say, yeah, maybe more so, you know, the lieutenant position versus the position on the field. Yeah, it feels like it, it might just out of necessity become that's Mertz's job in the midfield. If if Kenny's seen less minutes or or for whatever reason is not out there, I feel like despite him only being in what would be his fourth year as a professional, uh, or no, this would be his fifth year. Mertz be five years in this league now. That's kind of crazy. But uh, more to the point, uh, it would be kind of his moment to – to step up, he's going to be to a certain degree the face of this team as as the local guy who's come back home. Uh, Kenny, for all his attributes, he's not the the that outwardly vocal, expressive, demonstratively expressive guy out there. Uh, it sounds like Joe Farrell has that in spades for the for the back line, but it, this might be the year for for Robbie to step up and be more of that visibly authoritative figure in the midfield. Ariana, what um, what do you see as as the hole that still needs plugged by Bob before uh, March 11th? Um, I'll agree with you that um, we definitely need some more defensemen. Um, I am inclined to. I, I've been saying it for you know since we've 
had a shift in the defenseman last year that that we never really had a cohesive unit back there that especially then after losing dos santos we it felt really you know we stepped up and then you know now he's gone so it, it has we have had this shifting in the back line that i think that we definitely need to rebuild um we have five defensemen signed um now but after preseason last year we had uh 10 so if i'm if we're to follow what Bob has done in the past, we're looking at, at a pretty decent handful of, of more defensemen signed. Um, I will say, after being there and watching them, I also think that's what Coach is looking for. Um, most of the names that we heard shouted out um, or the people that Coach was paying explicit attention to were defensemen. Um, so it definitely feels like no one that has been signed yet so we don't have cohesive information just names shouted out into the universe um but it definitely feels like coaches focusing on that with that being said we have uh, now three forwards signed and that position we need to fill a lot more we definitely lost a lot of our our meat in the front there for lack of a better word um we lost Cicerone we lost Danny who isn't a forward but you know was very much in that up front position um so I definitely feel like I'm a little concerned about our forwards we have Albert Dequa um Edward Kizza who uh you will always hear good praise from me about Kizza um he came in and hit the ground running. He's, I think he's works fantastically with, with Bob and with the rest of the team. Um, and then Langston Blackstock, our new signing, which I, I don't have any clear beyond what I've said previously. I don't have any clear indication of how he'll play. Um, so I'm intrigued to see how he builds out those positions more. Our midfield, I think, is our, our, our best section of our team right now we've got four returning members and those are all that we have signed for midfield marky uh robbie kenny and danny um and of the people we signed dequa dos santos uh and kenny have not played either preseason game that we've had so far um so i don't know kenny makes sense I, you know, we've, we've been seeing clipboard Kenny for a while. So that makes sense to me. Bob knows him. Bob trusts him. Nate still might be coming back from that injury. He looked all right this weekend. Um, he wasn't dressed. He, he wasn't out on the field practicing when we, when we showed up. Um, and he sat on the bench the entire time. But um, I don't know if that's leaning him more towards Kenny where, uh, coach trusts him and trusts how he plays and knows how he plays and doesn't think that he needs to see him play or if he's still working on coming back from that injury i'm not not really sure where that sits um he's the only one that i have a big question mark for on where where he'll go for this season so i think everyone's everyone's gonna have to have that question mark until we see him come back from from that injury see if you Mm -hmm. know is the 
is the movement still there? Um, so yeah, that kind of goes back to, to my thoughts on, on the outside backs, but it's a hell of a uh, position by position breakdown for me there. That was like all in one yeah. breath too. It's good stuff. Well, <laughs> I have the yeah, I have the the tracker up. It does all the math for me, so I don't have to do a lot of counting. But um, oh, it's the it, are, think, do you mean it's the it's the the twenty twenty three uh, Riverhounds uh, roster breakdown spreadsheet? Uh, yeah, so I have the preseason one up, um, the preseason breakdown that I've been working on with shoes. Um, shoes has been doing mainly the season one, but taking some um well well meaning effort um for him he's i've been trying to lighten his load a little bit so that's what i'm looking at i'm not I, it's all pre-formulated oh, and i, I, I you're can at that one, share yes. that yeah um yes, put, information put, that put, the link, put the link to that in the uh in our little discord and i can put it on the put right. it on the show notes all right uh, I did not mean to bring this up before, and let's go down this rabbit hole now because I think it's an important topic we need to discuss. Uh, we discussed uh, uh, Albert Dequa since the last time we did a show. We have video of, of, of Al referring to himself as Chico. Uh, how do we feel about uh, Albert Dequa going by the, the nickname Chico? And do you think we he gave himself this name, or was this? I mean, it sounded like in the Dan Rivera uh, interview on on Mongols, it sounds like Albert uh, kind of gave himself this nickname, which is a little concerning. But Steve, what's your thoughts? One on the nickname Chico, and two, someone giving themselves a nickname. Uh, the nickname itself, Chico, uh, it's not a bad nickname, I guess. I don't really know what it means, I guess. But uh, kind of hoping he didn't give it to himself. Maybe it was from, you know, maybe his friend's group and he tried carrying it over to the Hounds because he liked the, the nickname. But if he gave it to himself, that's unfortunately kind of lame. I don't know that I could give myself a nickname with confidence and tell everybody to start calling me it. The old, the old... <laughs> The old gag of at some point T-bone. Sting had to walk to the room and, and remind everyone to call him Sting. Yeah, I'm gonna now be called T-bone. It's <laughs> another Seinfeld reference. <laughs> Ariana, what's your thoughts on on Albert Dequa potentially giving himself a nickname, and what are your thoughts on the nickname Chico? I was intrigued when I saw this first come up in in conversation, trying to figure out where it came from um and it doesn't feel like it came from i did a little bit of a, you know deep dive in trying to see where it came it doesn't seem like he was using the nickname um, at, at any former team um so it seems like it's a relatively new one um did he just decide in the off season he woke up one day and said i am chico <laughs> i mean that's what it feels like um Usually nicknames are given to uh, people with longer names or if you do something, you know, that uh, leads to that. We did hear a rumor about um, Kizza also being given a nickname in the off season. So um, I'm not sure if it's in, you know, if 
anything it's in any relation to that but chico i googled it it doesn't seem like it means anything besides bro maybe ish in spanish um he's not spanish he's french uh he's from cameroon so cameroon's languages are english and french so nothing really pops out to me there um if he did give himself his nickname it doesn't feel like something he would give himself um but the idea of giving yourself a nickname is kind of lame um it you know you have to earn your nickname you gotta earn your stripes um it's one thing if your name is zachary and you go by zach i feel like that's a nickname but not like a real nickname there should be a different term for that um but when you earn a nickname or are given one i had one in college that you know stuck with me all through college but had nothing to do with my name um that's one that you earn and that you live live by and you can't really get rid of it um so i don't i don't know um chico just feels i don't think i'm gonna call him that <laughs> I, um yeah i can't see myself i mean i mean if he does something really really impressive and then just demands to be called chico then yes we'll go with it but yeah, I just can't see just just casually just picking that up as as the man's name now. Yeah. Sorry, Chico. Yeah. Sorry, Chico. Sorry, Chico. <laughs> there was a bit of uh, another bit of news that came out today, and in addition to the the Langston Blackstock news roster announcement, the second round pairings for the uh, 2023 U.S. Open Cup were dropped, and the Hounds been drawn home against. The motherfucking Rochester Rhinos, uh, now kind of being what the New York Rochester New York FC or some some dumb thing that's not the Rhinos, but they're still the Rhinos. Now the interesting thing here is the Rhinos have basically been radio silent since their last season ended in MLS Next Pro. Uh, about half their roster was their contracts weren't picked up or were not renewed. Since then, other players have either been traded or, or sold off. Um, the coaching staff is gone, and they haven't posted on social media since right after the New Year's. And the rumor out there is that the reason that the MLS Next Pro uh, schedule has not been announced yet still, I mean, even Easley got their schedule out, and they're always the last, is that there is some hang-up about will Rochester continue to exist? So with all that said, uh, there is, I guess, an outside chance that if the team folds, even though they've been announced as a, as participating in the Open Cup, that the Hounds would essentially just get a, a walkover in the second round uh, into round three. Uh, in one regard, I would never be some idiot from Birmingham who's upset that we advanced in the tournament without having to play a game but it is an opportunity for some uh some guys who don't see a lot of minutes to see some competitive minutes obviously that second round home game is always a, a damn good time on that tuesday or wednesday night um those games are currently scheduled for uh it's like april four five six one of those dates so you're losing that 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 fun experience you're losing viable game time for some younger guys um but we are potentially looking at a, at a walkover into round three. 
Steve, uh, kind of a lot to, to digest there. One, what are your thoughts on, I guess we'll still call it a potential matchup with, with the Rhinos? And then two, just this whole kind of a clusterfuck of, of will they continue to exist in two months? I would say it's not looking good for them to exist in two months as much as I would love for that. Um, I think if they do exist, um, I don't think that they're going to be too impressive. Um, so I would love to host them here in Highmark versus just get the free pass onto the next round. There's no way at this point without, I mean, as silly as it is, without tweeting, without any kind of act, activeness on social media, there's no way that this team can throw away, throw together somebody who's competitive enough to come into Highmark in two months and, you know, challenge us. So I think I'd rather play them than not. And Ariana, I think with if correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm I'm wrong often, uh, with the loss of the the Open Cup in the COVID years, was last year the first time you, you uh, got to do the the silliness of an Open Cup game? Yes. Yeah, so, that would be correct. Yes. So, uh, what would be your thoughts on 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 one losing that game, but two losing it because the Hounds have already won it? Well. The Open Cup game was a weird experience for me. Um, it was one of the first games I went um, kind of on my own and just assumed that there would be other people there. Um, there was no, uh, I don't think we had a um, tailgate or anything, um, and it poured. Um, so we were all very wet fans, and I think there were probably maybe two dozen of us. Um, so I'd like to see a, a U.S. Uh, cup game with a little bit more oomph, maybe a little drier. Um, but it would feel weird to... I mean, we won it. I mean, it, it just feels like it's a... It's a not a surefire, but it, it definitely feels like a... An, um, don't want to say it because I'm not going to manifest it, but... <laughs> It seems like a, a nice game for them to get their you know legs out on, um, especially since we've talked about before the beginning of the season is not super heavy, um, so it's definitely it comes at a perfect time in the season to kind of keep our legs fresh um, or refresh some legs that may have spent the beginning parts of the season on the bench. Um, it's yeah, a, it's a great I, game I, for I, Christian Garner to get some minutes. Agreed. Agreed. Um, you know, it's it's a good game for a lot of our new our new our fresh people to kind of show us what they got. Um, I don't think that a lot of these newer guys are gonna start, and in the ones that recently signed and the ones that will be signed, I don't think a lot of them are gonna get a lot of heavy minutes in the beginning of the season. And I think that this uh, the first Open Cup game falling at the beginning of April comes at a really good time for. Bob to start a lot of them and to get a lot of their their you know legs out and play a professional game um, I can pull up because I, I feel like it when I was at the Open Cup game last year it didn't feel like a lot of and I'm confirming it now um, a lot of the people who played were not the names that we saw at the end of the season. Um, names like Wyatt Borso, uh, Will E. Yang, 
Luis Argudo, names that we're not seeing anymore. I think that, um, that was also the first appearance of, uh, of Jamali Waite as a hound. Um, keep scrolling. Yes, you would be correct. He was not signed until uh, March 25th last year, so he missed the first three games of the season um, that were like unsigned. Um, he came on in game four as a sub and then started in the first Open Cup. Um, but, yeah, they, I mean, both the Williamses, who are not signed with us anymore, Toby Sims, Jelani Peters, Arturo. Um, it's a good rotation game. Yeah. And I think this is that's one of the first games that um, Dos Santos got a lot of minutes where he could really show his his stuff. Um, it was, it be- was the beginning Robbie of the end of Robbie Danbrock. Yeah. So it definitely is a turning point, I think, for some of these. Uh, most of the people I've mentioned have, were new or relatively new blood um, that year. We didn't start people like... Um, Dequa... Um, or Kenny. Kenny was a sub in that game. So not all, I think it'll be good for us to see the people, you know, we're expecting a certain uh, starting lineup the first couple of games that come out. uh, And and I'm sure anyone listening or anyone on this podcast can probably take a guess at what that will look like just with the, the signed players we have now. So the first open cup game will definitely be a good, example of what you know the rest of our legs look like so we will have to see one uh if if uh, the rhinos uh, exist in two months and two uh if they do come down here to play a game what uh what kind of rotation bob throws out there but that's kind of been his mo for for these second round games the other part to remember is the third round is where uh, the bulk of Major League Soccer clubs come into it. So, I mean, there's a, there's a chance that the the Hounds are just getting a walk over into a home game with with an MLS side, which is, I mean, it's been 2000, 2015 was the last time we had one of those happen. So, uh, uh, obviously, it'd be a be a nice advantage to to get that without having to play the game, but. Uh, like we said, also want to play the game because it's it's, uh, it's always a fun, interesting night at Highmark for the second round of the Open Cup. Now, the other thing, one of the other things that the Hounds have announced in the last couple weeks is their promotional calendar for this upcoming year. Uh, new president, Jeff Garner, again, maybe related to the backup keeper, but probably not. Who knows? They have basically gone with something every night uh as their as their their thing it's a, a bit vegas lightsy but uh they got a full-on calendar of, of things going on this year um ariana what uh glancing through the events calendar the the promotional things what the what sticks out to you as as a night you don't want to miss well, I mean, it goes without saying, the $1 beer nights are top tier. 
Um, we have three of those this year, um, which I think will be fun. One including Pride Night, which is always a fantastic night for, for folks to come out. Um, but what I'm really looking forward to, honestly, is these celebrity appearances. Um, we've got, what, two, three Pittsburgh, quote-unquote, Pittsburgh celebrity appearances. Um, I'm intrigued to see who they pull out for those. Um, there's been a lot of speculation with our, you know, our group seeing who, who we think it could be. So I'm, I'm intrigued to see um, what we have for those days. Those are probably the only ones that, like all the other ones kind of make sense that we've had before. Those are the ones where I, I'm, I'm interested in how, and how they'll play those and, and what will happen on those days. You get, you get one, one shot to, to book your own uh, Pittsburgh celebrity for one of these uh, nights. What are you, who are you getting? Oh, if it can be any Pittsburgh celebrity. Yes. Without a doubt in my mind, Jeff Goldblum. Oh, it's a good call. Yeah, that's that's good. my, that's, that's my go-to. Steve, you get one Pittsburgh celebrity booked here. Who are you taking? Sally Wigan. I'll go top tier. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> what what's your answer? I, I think I want Michael Keaton. Mm. Batman. Like, yeah. Just rolls in there, rolls into the section, says I'm Batman, just like slips away. Be badass. I'm Batman. Yeah. Uh, Steve, what, what promotional night, what speaks to you? What, what tugs at your heartstrings or makes you, uh, makes you really want to get to a game? Um, I'm, I'm actually, for the most part, I think they're all pretty cool. Um, like Ariana said, I'm pretty excited to see who the celebrities could be because it's open to interpretation when it says Pittsburgh celebrity. So, yeah, that's when you get your Sally Wiggins or your Rick Seabacks just to come at it. You know, the the issue is this, this presents an opportunity for the Hounds to do something very houndsy. Right. I mean, I, I don't expect it to be Wiz Khalifa, but that's and that's who you would like to see is somebody of that mm. stature, but you're going to end up with a Rick Seaback. I mean, but, if like, and if, that's okay. if, if they fucking roll like Pittsburgh dad out there or something like that, fuck <laughs> that. Yeah. You know, that's probably actually a good guess. Oh, on fuck. Um, I would say the one that I'd be most uh, excited for is actually, unfortunately the only one I think I'm going to miss of all of them. And that is uh, stadium replica night. I'm really bummed mm. to miss July 15th that. Yeah. I'm going to be, most likely in Cincinnati for a concert. Fall Out Boy, uh, Bring Me the Horizon. Because so. that's the one I'm looking forward to as well, is the the Stadium rec- Replica Night. But it I'm also a little sad. The concert. It's also, I'm also concerned because that's, uh, that's when Detroit comes to town. And I don't want any of those right. little bastards getting their hands on these things. I agree. They sh- they but, well, uh, you can have my Instagram now. I'll get you one. I appreciate that. I'm sure. I'll I'm sure we it. have enough connections with the with people that we can we can scrounge up a collection. Also ones. true. Oh yeah, I'll definitely be pulling out the favors for sure. Yeah, I'll be I'll be <laughs> sneak. Anybody that gets me one, I'm going to put it out there right now. If you get me a replica stadium for the remaining games that I go to the uh, and you're there, I'll sneak in a junior bacon cheeseburger for you. Bad. <laughs> Problem is, so. you've put no limit on how many you can. So, like, there'll be like twenty people to get you a replica stadium, and you're in yeah. for, for twenty JBCs <laughs> a game. I, I got big pockets. Ooh, <laughs> it's a lot. To, well, <laughs> running big pockets fills all, all the JBCs. 
All right, uh, we'll, see, we'll limit it to the first two people. Okay. I only need one, but if two people get me one, you you know, I'll, I'll throw both of you the bone. Nice. Yeah, so okay. I'm big on the stadium replica. There's this rumor of of an Amo bobblehead, but that's not really been confirmed anywhere mm-hmm. that I've seen. Yeah, it has on their uh, promotional. Which one? Uh, press release, February 6th. It's definitely. Uh, Amo bobblehead was listed when? as a giveaway. February 6th. February 6th? As in, like, days ago? They just updated it. It first came out a while ago. Oh, it does say Amo Bobblehead here, but it doesn't... On there... We can... If you, like... If you... You can break down the days. Um, and I think we figured out what day we think the Amo Bobblehead is going to be. Let me see if I can hunt down. Okay, while you're doing that... Um, yeah. We do need to, we do need to point out that they're they're doing a little bit for the kids this year, uh, and so they're having these 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 kind of touring groups. Uh, one is on June third, X Pogo, which I I thought that was going to be some sort of like uh, hip hop thing. Apparently, it's actually people on pogo sticks like not breaking their neck. And then July 29th is the Superstars, which again I thought was going to be. Either a some some touring musical act, or b like like a touring petting zoo that was coming to town, uh, but that is not the case at all. Uh, it is <sighs> Steve. How how would you describe the superstars? You're a big fans of them. How would you describe them? Yeah, I'm actually pretty excited for that. As weird as it is, um, I don't know. They look like inflatable mascots or something. I guess best way to describe them. Now I think it's a bit dangerous that the superstars are also showing up on Dollar Beer Night. That could mm-hmm. be a deadly com not deadly, but uh, interesting combination. Uh, I've asked everyone on this call here to pull up the superstars page, and there was I mean what? There's probably two dozen of them. At least, at least uh, two dozen superstars. Uh, Storino, uh, if you if you had to pick your favorite superstar, who's who is it? Uh, easy, Snail Earnhardt Jr. I think that goes without saying, considering I'm sitting here. Well, NASCAR just ended, but considering I'm watching a NASCAR race, Snail, Snail Earnhardt, Earnhardt Jr. He uh, he comes in at uh, six feet eleven inches. He can play on our back line. Uh, mm-hmm. One thousand four hundred fifty six pounds. And he resides in Victory Lane. So he's I mean it's a snail. It's a Snail, uh, I like it. The snail is wearing. I know that visual things work well for podcasts, but the snail wearing the the NASCAR uh, jumpsuit. It's a good yeah, look. like a Budweiser uh, jumpsuit. Then I also got to give a shout out to Kevin Durant eater because that's just <laughs> awesome play on words. And Mario Lemuel. I mean, these are great. Yeah, all the names are, are mostly uh, mostly puns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Ariana, do you have a favorite superstar? I do. Uh, Celina Williams. Uh, one of the only women on the list. Um, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the, they have her in a pink outfit and she looks pretty cute. Also, I think seals are adorable. So seals are adorable. Comes in at six feet, nine inches. But they won't say her weight. It <laughs> seems polite. Yes. 
So I what living I living on the beaches of Florida. I think it's interesting that they <laughs> so they go with the the puns off of the players' names, but then when it comes to like where they reside and their bio stuff, it's a lot more about the animal that that, that they're representing and not the athlete. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I'm picking uh, Shaquille O'Seal, so I'm, I'm also going uh, aquatic life. Comes in at twelve feet seven inches. Uh, he comes from the waters of Lake Erie, though, so. Shaquille uh, O'Seal is not traveling far to get to Highmark Stadium June 29th. No. Yeah. I have a uh, feeling we'll see uh, Squidney Crosby uh, that night as oh, well. Oh, probably going probably gonna to be a huge favorite that night with the kids. Yes. For sure. And at six, six foot 11, coming straight from the three rivers. So. Oh, he's just, he's, he's, he's just crawling his ass out of the mon. Mm-hmm. He's just going to roll up. Jesse's uh, going to drag, he's gonna, like, drag him out of a fishing net. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I I tried to watch some of these uh, superstar. Th- I, they seem to do a lot of stuff at like minor league baseball uh, parks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they they run around and I, I don't know. We'll find out. We'll, we'll all learn together late June. Uh, we'll leave it at that. Uh, Ariana, you're doing some some research there. Did you come back with something? Yeah, I did. So um, they posted on their Instagram, the schedule, which gives away some of the the date breakdowns. Um, We have the schedule. They mentioned a a magnet schedule. That's probably coming out at the beginning of the season. Um, Safe to assume the the 24th of March. Um, And then the let's see, stadium replica is the 15th and then they mention the blanket giveaway is june 10th so i think that leaves uh, now i have to leaves august 5th i think is the ammo bobblehead august 5th for the ammo bobblehead which game is that? i think I quickly if that's... check my oh that's against tampa that's a big one mm-hmm nice yeah that's what i've if if we break it down i could see it being that fair it's good to know uh dollar beers i guess still to to be determined if they go with the like the little baby cups like they did in previous years or if they do the just uh 12 ounce cans like they did last year uh, if they are the 12 ounce cans, I absolutely want to get the um, the obnoxiously large uh, pyramid of empty cans in our section going. <laughs> so I need everyone to, to save and not crush their cans, and we'll see what we can do with that. I mean, the first one's Pride Night, so I welcome the the insanity on Pride Night. Yes. Uh, uh, one of them I know is, yeah, the Superstar Night. Um, these could be the same nights. And the, I know the... the some of the Louisville people were excited to find out that their their game in Pittsburgh was dollar beer night. So they'll be yeah. drinking classy bourbons in the parking lot and then crushing Bud Lights for a buck in the in the stadium. Oh, so after all that uh, Hounds news, we do have a, a bit of uh, still Army news to get over here. Gotta eventually remind you of what the hell we actually do. Uh, our membership scarf for 2023, they are in. Uh, they they 
got in, uh, they were made in plenty of time. They are in. If you have not seen the photo of them, check all your social media. We went with a, a anti-flag inspired punk uh, design using uh, borrowing or being inspired by one of their lyrics on the backside. I thought they've turned out pretty damn well. Uh, Storino, you are involved with the the endless conversations about making this happen. Uh, are you satisfied with the results? Absolutely. Yeah, I think they look great. Nice. That's what I like to hear. Ariana, I probably haven't seen a picture of them yet, but you've seen the the design. Um, does, it, does it speak to the um, the the mid twenties uh, female youth of the fan base? <laughs> That's a compliment. Uh, calling me mid twenties. Thank you. Um, yeah, I definitely think that. Um, I did not know the reference to the quote um, or the group, uh, so it definitely took a little bit of digging on my end. But I think it works really well with us and um, the kind of vibe that we give off, and a lot of the things that we match with as a group, which is nice. Not outright screaming, you know, in your face about it, but um, if you do a little digging, it's nice to see that connection. Yes. Uh, the other thing that comes with the scarf in the membership package this year is a, a wrist lanyard. Uh, they, they're also in, they are, they are in Pittsburgh. I think this is all just stacked up at Josh's house at this point. Uh, there was, we saw them and they, they looked a bit big and then Josh put his hand through it and like, no, that's, that's like a normal size. Um, and they have this, the army word mark on one side and was it, I think what we love you is on the, on the backside. And then today uh, we just finally something like that. Yeah. Something like that. And then we f- today we finally f- uh, settled on the design for the membership cards. And I think for kind of being the the add in item, I think the design of them looks pretty badass. I agree. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, for just trying to be a simple business card looking thing with some QR codes on it, it it actually looks pretty good and and does a nice job of carrying the the theme of the year throughout. So those things will all be available for pickup if you've already ordered them or for uh, for purchase if you're waiting for the AGM because they will all be there available to, to take home that day at the 2023 Annual General Meeting. We talked about last time, but it is now officially set for uh, March 4th. Before the, the preseason game versus Louisville, I believe we've set the start time for... 11 a.m.? Noon. Noon? Noon. I should, I should write these things down before I start talking about them. <laughs> I, I always keep thinking the games at the games at noon, but the, the game's at 2. So we have, a, I believe, a two-hour window we've, mm-hmm. we've set aside for this uh, to discuss all the business matters of the Steel Army uh, as, you know, as a nonprofit uh, to do the membership stuff. Just give her an idea of what we're planning on doing this year. I th- think we're going to pressure Jeff Garner into speaking and uh, maybe taking a couple questions <laughs> from everyone because um, that guy doesn't like to talk at all <laughs> and then we will have a couple a couple elections to run so both member rep spots are going to be open um, so those nominations will be opening soon if you are a current member uh, a dispatch email is going out I believe tomorrow and by tomorrow I mean Friday the 17th so probably by the time you've heard this you might begin that email if you are a member 
from 2022. Uh, nominations will be opening shortly for those two member rep spots. Uh, uh, so if, uh, if you have a friend who is interested in running and they've been, they were at least a member last year, then they are, are good to go. You can also nominate yourself if you uh, if you so desire. We uh, there's no shame in that. Steve, anything else? I'm I'm forgetting on the, on all that stuff. Uh, just to circle back real quick, um, just because we were talking about the designs of everything, quick shout out to Zach, uh, Jake's boy, definitely stepped up and helped us out with a lot oh, of stuff right. this I year. Oh, you're right. I should He That's... took all of our feedback and uh, definitely put in a lot of time and effort into helping us with the scarf design and everything. So, Zach, if you're a listener, and I'm sure you are, shout out to you, man. That was that was great. We all appreciate it. It was yes. We we probably. Uh, the number of designs we probably sent back or had tweaked or just you got a little too uh, picky about, and um, and he still did the work because uh, if that was me, I probably would have told you to fuck off a while ago. But uh, he came through and, and did it, and we appreciate it, and uh, that means there's probably some more Tifo designs coming his way for the for this upcoming year, and uh, and yeah, yeah, you know, we went through solid, solid effort. A- handful of different fonts different color schemes different this different that and uh i mean every time the dude the dude came through for us so yeah really appreciate it man so if you don't like the design do not blame him blame all of us for micromanaging yeah blame all of us for changing his original (laughs) (laughs) absolutely it's a full episode guys um finally the hounds gave us something to talk about so we talked about for uh for a good long while uh, comes to the fun part of the show where we discuss what we learned tonight and I'm going to give the first opportunity to share with the class to, to Ariana. Um, I, I learned that um, Bob has interesting qualifiers for his, his players interesting being one of them (laughs) um i've never seen yeah like you said i've never seen him call that before and it didn't when i first read the the press release didn't quantify in my mind until you said something today so um he's a unique unique man that that's our bob unique man Mm -hmm. steve what did we learn today well, I counted, and there's 41 different superstars, so I'm hoping to see at least maybe four or five of those guys um, whenever they come to town. And, uh, yeah, maybe they'll make an appearance in the tailgate zone or something. Oh, trademark. Uh, <laughs> yes. Trademark. Hashtag zone. Add. Uh, I mean, that would be kind of fun if they came off the tailgate. It'd be a damn shame if somehow uh, Sid wasn't there that night. I mean that. Yeah, probably, what, that would be slander. the most houndsy thing to happen of superstars. Agreed. Agreed. For them to not bring Squidney Crosby. Squidney. I, I didn't want to say what the name was because I couldn't remember the pun. Squidney Crosby. Squidney. Crosby. Well, I mean Mario Lemuel. He he he, he has to be there too. You'd think. Also but. true. Le Magnifique. Yeah. Uh, I mean, when this first got announced, I was so annoyed and disgusted by this, but I think I think I'm coming around to the superstars. Which is no disrespect to the ex Pogo guys, because I I do kind of want to watch some, some like over the top. Who do we play on that game again? 
for the Superstars? What team are we playing? Like, is there going to be visiting fans? Is really what I'm getting at. Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, what day was that? That was because it would be a lot more fun for like Indy Eleven to see that than Phoenix Rising to see that. Um, was that June? Superstars are July 29th. That would oh, be Memphis. Memphis. Yeah. Okay. There's there's a chance for some fans there. No, that's, there's that's no, cool. there's not. A, a, a <laughs> chance. It's more chance than Phoenix. Eh. Or Tulsa. <laughs> I don't know. Next, next Memphis fan I meet will be the first. Fair. All right. Are the, no, did a couple of them show up last year? To like two years ago. There were a small handful of yeah, them. Yeah, so maybe there's a chance that some some uh, some Memphis fans can I meet. I think Squiddy Jesse made Crosby. some friends with them. That's what Jesse does. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, it's time to time to wrap this bad boy up. Uh, it's been fun, but uh, yeah, for the for doing this on a Thursday, not a Wednesday. It's time to time to let Strino get some sleep because somehow he stayed awake for this this hour and twenty minutes even after the NASCAR was done. So I appreciate you, buddy. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. We'd like to thank the Beautiful Game Network for providing the online hosting of Houndsy. Check out the wealth of soccer content being produced weekly at bgn.fm. The Houndsy theme music was composed and performed by Rocketman and the Space Babies. Check them out at facebook.com slash spacebabiespgh. The show is produced by Joe Majorak. Email the show at pghstillarmy at gmail.com and put podcasts in the subject line. All complaints about the show can be sent to nick.noble at mail.wvu.edu. Someone's got to send this man an email at some point, so we just get the feedback that he actually got an email about our show. On behalf of Steve Serino and Ariana, thank uh, I'm Dan Yost. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back again soon.